Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Commit yourself unto the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Wait on God. Victory belongs to Jesus. He's victorious. He has overcome victory all things. Belongs to him. He's on your side. Victory belongs he is on to your Jesus. side today. Victory belongs to him. Victory belongs victory to him. Belongs to Jesus. He has conquered death. Victory he has conquered the grave. He has conquered every victory evil power. Today he's declaring that you are free. You are free to serve God. You are free to walk with God. You are an overcomer today. Because he has given you the victory. He has given you the victory. He has given you the victory. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory, 
victory in the name of Jesus. This morning, I proclaim victory for your people. I declare liberty. I declare freedom. I declare conquest. I declare overcoming power because of the victory of Jesus. Father, we bring ourselves under the umbrella of the rulership and the victory of Jesus. We bring ourselves under the power that emanates from his size and from his presence. We take, we take authority over every power that rules in the children of God. We bind every principality and power and their activities. We declare victory. We declare victory. We declare victory in all areas of life in the name of Jesus. By the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus. May the blood of Jesus answer any, against any attack. May the blood of Jesus answer against anyone who is in warfare. Anyone who is under attack of any kind. In the name of Jesus, we declare oh, victory. We proclaim victory. We bring deliverance. In the name of Jesus, blessed be the name of the living God. Blessed be the name of the living God. We declare victory. We declare victory. The battle is the Lord. The battle is the Lord. The battle is the Lord, and He has won the victory. The battle is the Lord, and He has won the victory. The battle is the Lord. And he has won the victory. The battle is the Lord. And he has won the victory. Blessed be that name. So man no look to salamere de kamandele bele la kale. Bele koso semande. Semande la kamro no bale bale. Semande la kamro no koba. Semande la kamro no koba le. Menande la kamro no koto sele. Semande la kamro no koba le 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 le. Semande la kamro no koba le 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 le. Mandolo lebele le kashele mandolo bale baba ba Thank you Father for liberty in our spirit Thank you Father for freedom in our innermost being Thank you Father that as we walk in the peace of Christ we crush Satan under our feet And that any purpose of the enemy we neutralize it by the blood of Jesus. By the blood that flew from his side. We neutralize every weapon of the enemy that is risen and put against the people of God. We neutralize and we make it of no effect. In the name of Jesus. Any power that is warring against the people of God. We silence it. We silence every voice. We silence every voice. By the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, we take our victory. By the blood of Jesus, thank you, Jesus. We declare victory. We declare victory. We declare victory. We declare victory. Mandolo <laughs> 
Hallelujah. Amen. In case you've been wondering what is going on, please understand that the church belongs to God. It belongs to the Holy Spirit. He has his own schedule. It's time for the preaching of the word. But the Spirit of the Lord took it over to another area. Hallelujah. We have to learn to yield to the Spirit of God. And I believe God is declaring victory over us. God is declaring victory over us. That things that we have failed at, things that we have failed at, things that we have struggled with, things that are, have become, things that have become like a like a stumbling block for us. God is declaring victory because the battle is the Lord. The battle is the Lord. Whoever is dealing with you, actually is dealing with Christ. Hallelujah. And I declare victory for the people of God in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah and amen. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. You see, our Lord Jesus Christ accomplished something that no one else has been able to accomplish. Even in human terms, when somebody goes to prison, like condemned criminals who have committed heinous crimes that are laid in prison for life. There is no way you can escape. Amen. You know, they, 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 they have a place where you, you don't have any means of escaping. You can be an orator. You can be someone with street words. You will not escape because you have been destined to be in that prison for life. Now, if a human system can have a prison where once you go there, you cannot come out. How about a spiritual prison? Amen. 
when the Bible said when Christ died, he descended into the land of the dead, where all human beings go. Amen. And in that place, there is no way of escape. But after three days, he broke out. Hallelujah. He broke out, and he didn't just break out. He broke out with victory for all of us. His victory is our victory. In the name of Jesus. Mark chapter 6 and verse 4, which is our scripture of the week. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. Mark 6, 4. When you hear two negatives, a prophet is not without honor. It means that a prophet has honor. Is that not so? So, a prophet has honor, except in his own country, among his own kin, and in his own house. So, let's go. Mark 6, 4. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. Mark 6, 4. Hallelujah. So, Jesus by this was saying that, when a prophet appears among a people, often his own country, his own king, that is his own family, and his own house are the people who don't receive him or honor him. Amen. Can you understand that statement? That a prophet is often received by people who are outside, but his own country people, his own kinsmen or his own family members and his own household often do not honor him as much as he needs to be honored. When Jesus went to Nazareth, that was the experience. That is why Jesus made that statement. The people in Nazareth, where he grew up, they started saying, oh, we know him. We know him. We, we, I attended middle school with him. You know, I remember when we were in elementary school, his nose was dripping. You know, they said all kinds of things. They, they were familiar with him. Amen. And that is the, that is the tragedy when God sends us people, sometimes people that you know very well, you see every day, people that you are familiar with, you tend to not honor them as much as somebody who is a new person. Amen. And as you know, in our church, we honor our bishop and our founder uh, two times in a year. Amen. It's called honor your prophet. Amen. And bishop's birthday, May 14th, and then when is uh, Galatians 6, 6, first uh, Sunday in October, so, um, this scripture is very appropriate because, you see, there are bad scriptures and there are good scriptures. Do you understand? You know, we are supposed to obey the word of God. Is that not so? But how many know that there are some things in the word of God that are actually in reverse? That if you obey it, it will be a bad result. Did you know that? For instance, Judas, after he betrayed Jesus and he realized that, I don't know whether he thought Jesus was going to escape or something. Because finally, when he saw that they are actually going to crucify him, then he re repented or he regretted have to have betrayed Jesus. So he went and he took the money to go and give back to the uh, chief priest. He said, take the money. They said, no, we, we, this is blood money. We, we don't want to have any, anything to do with it to put in the treasury. So the Bible said, and he went and hung himself. Is that a good thing to follow? So that's what I'm saying. When you read something in the Bible, there are some bad examples in the Bible. Just because something in the Bible doesn't mean go and do it. Amen. Amen. Are you following? Yes. You see, he could have gone back and to Peter and go and say, you know what, Peter, I hear that you too, you denied him three times. 
and they accepted you. So you to accept me. I betrayed him, but I have repented. But he didn't want to go and face the people. Do you see? It's sometimes it's easy to, to um, repent in your closet, but sometimes after repentance, you need to go and apologize to somebody, a human being. And sometimes people are too um, proud to go and say I was wrong. Contentious. Yes. They, 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 they are too, to, to appear in person to, to say that you were wrong is hard for people. So he wants to hang himself. But I'm saying that to say that that's an example of a bad thing in the Bible that is in the Bible, but it doesn't mean you should do it. So here, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country. That is a bad thing that we should avoid. That we should not dishonor the prophet because he's in our house. Are you following the, the thing? Amen. Wonderful. We're going to continue on our series on the new creation. Last week we suspended it because of Ben NP partnership. Beautiful, exciting, nice, mood changing partner. Hallelujah. You want to be beautiful. You want to be what exciting. Nobody wants a boring person to be around you. Amen. And then you want to be nice. And you want to be mood changing. That when I am down, when I see you, you, ch- you are able to change my mood. Hallelujah. Yes, you need one of those. You need people that when you are down, they can make you laugh. You have one of those. We thank God you corrected yourself very quickly. Because <laughs> I need to. <laughs> but you can have more. You see, the thing about life is that there is something called continuous improvement. Do you get it? So, wherever you are, you can re- bring it to the, the next notch. That is why that is why you see that Apple, they always release new versions of their products. Is that not so? So, even, even where you are getting this mood-changing excitement, thing, I, think, I think you can get more of that. And then you can also give more of that. Put your hands together for Nana Mabruni, who who we are indirectly preaching about. (laughs) Amen. The new creation. Let's look at this scripture. Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel 36. Jesus came to earth to institute a new creation. When you have something as your mission, that's the main reason why you came. And people change it. It can be very sad. Ezekiel 36 and verse number 26. We are talking about the new creation. The new creation. Alright? I will give you a new heart. This is God giving a promise. I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Amen. I will give you... And why would somebody need a new heart in the physical in the physical, if somebody heart transplant, why would they need a new heart? No one is no good anymore. It's not working anymore. Do you get it? So then there may be the need for, because any type of transplant is a very serious business. Amen. You wouldn't, you wouldn't just go and say, you know, um, uh, 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 I think my heart, you know, I, 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 my, if, if your heart is working normally, it would be insane to go and request a new heart. As a matter of fact, they wouldn't even put you on the donor list. But if Jesus, if God is saying that he's going to, he's going to have a new heart given to the people, it means there is something wrong with the old heart. Hallelujah. And he said, he said that a new heart I will put within you, a new spirit. 
the heart is the spirit. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So there is a heart of stone. A heart of stone is hard. It's, it's, have you heard somebody say that somebody is heartless? Heartless. It, it, what does it mean? You don't have compassion. You have no feelings. Do you get it? You are like a sadist. You, you, you don't have empathy. You don't have any feelings. You are heartless. So somebody whose heart is a heart of stone, it is like a, a heartless. Amen. And the Bible is saying that God is saying, I will put a new covenant in place where I will give the people a new heart. This was a promise made in the book of Ezekiel many years before Christ came. But after Christ came, do you get it? We are talking about the new creation. Is that not so? Now, the old creation was recorded in Genesis. We believe in creation. We believe God created the heaven and the earth. The Bible said, the very opening verse in the Bible said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Is that not so? And so, the old creation came under judgment. Is that not so? There was a judgment that came under the old creation because things were not done the way God intended it. So, from, from Genesis all the way to the time of Christ, the world went through all kinds of turbulence. And people through the ages tried to work with God to the best of their knowledge based on the revelation that God gave them. Hallelujah. But you see, the revelation in the New Testament is that God, through Christ, is able to change our hearts and give us a new heart. So that the promise and the prophecy in Ezekiel is fulfilled in Christ. That the new heart comes to you after you confess your sins and ask God to forgive you your sins. Hallelujah. And then what happens is that God actually, it is like a spiritual heart transplant. It's like if you get born again, when you give your life to Christ, the person that we see is not the same person because you now have a whole new heart. And what has happened to believers is that we have, we have glossed over this revelation. We have not delved deeper into it. We have not benefited much from it because we have not thought about it. Hallelujah. And so we are studying this series on the new creation. What does the new creation imply? What are the implications of the new creation? Amen. So let's move to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. The devil's major weapon. Who can tell me what is the main weapon of the devil? That he used? Deception. Hallelujah. The devil's main thing is that he wants to deceive. Actually, that is how he got into the garden. Deceiving Eve. He deceived Eve and used Eve to get to the husband. Because Adam loved his wife so much, he would do anything. He would do anything, including die for her. Amen. This is the, uh, the epitome of absolute stupidity. To, 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 to know for sure that you are eating this fruit and you will die. And he said, because I love my wife so much, I am going to die. I, I don't want you to die alone. I will die with you. See, the woman loves such romantic type of stupidity. Like, like a woman will like a man who will say, oh, I will die with you. But it doesn't make sense if, if, if you... Am I saying something bad? No, I'm preaching the word of God. Amen. Adam. Somebody said they had a vision they saw Adam in heaven. I said, thank God he's there. When I see him, you see what the questions I'll ask him. Do you know why? Because if it was only if the impact would not have been as bad as it is. If can be excused. Say if can be excused. Why am I saying that? Because she was deceived. She was tricked. When somebody tricks you. You, you, if you knew it, you wouldn't do what they, they, they said you should do. Do you get it? But in the case of Adam, he was not tricked. In tree, we have an expression, he, he, 
his eyes gani gani with open eyes he knew that Eve said Adam I'm going to die Adam I'm going to die Adam I'm going to die then he said don't worry don't worry I can't watch for you to die I will die with you okay and then bring me an apple then he bought and then and then it's like he knew that so Adam's thought was like on purpose on purpose he committed high treason against God hallelujah but thank God for a new Adam thank God for a new man thank God that there's a new man that God created who was sinless because God created Adam in sinlessness but when the seed of evil entered Adam he fell into sin and he brought the whole human race to sin but thank God that God brought the second man the one called Christ the one who is the last Adam hallelujah therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation if anyone is in Christ the whole thing is that in Christ are you in Christ if you are in Christ you are a new creation somebody said well I've remained the same you see it is your heart that primarily changes amen because remember the prophecy from Ezekiel that he will take the old heart out he will give you a new heart you have become a new creation a new species of being that never existed before hallelujah you have become it's not even version 1 version 2 it's like it's a whole new person that has appeared on the earth and this truth Satan has fought hard to bring to, to prevent the revelation of it because if Satan if the if the if we can come to times who we are in Christ if we can actually know that we are we, the God doesn't love us any less than he loves Christ did you know that God, Jesus is the only begotten of the Father but he said that that has loved me John 17 when Jesus prayed he said that has loved me that that has loved this as you have loved me if we can come to times to acknowledge and believe that actually I as I stand before God God looks at me exactly as he looks at Christ and he said well how about my sins the Bible says that all things are what passed away behold all things have become new Satan's main job is to keep reminding you of your sins and how unworthy you are amen Satan's main job is to make you feel little and feel like a wimp God's weapon is to give you righteousness that through righteousness you can you can walk in life with strength what is the purpose of the new creation? God is creating a new breed of human beings, which is, which is not just an improvement over the old Adamic nature, but actually a new species that are parting after the nature of Christ. Hallelujah. Is somebody listening to me? So, by way of revision, we, went, we gave some points last time, two weeks ago or three weeks ago. The new creation, write this down, the new creation is not a new creation of your body. People who are born again have not changed their bodies. Amen. The second point was that the new creation is not a renovated old creation. You are not, when you are born again, it is not your renovated version we are seeing. You are not a renovated person. When you renovate something, sometimes you see that something else can go wrong. God has created a whole new person in the spirit. In the realm of the spirit, you are a whole new person. Hallelujah. The new creation is not an improved version of the old creation. If you are born again, you are not an improved version. You are not an improved version. See, in life, like I talked about, continuous improvements. Amen. You can have improved version of different things. Improved version of cooking. Somebody, initially, the cooking is uh, a, little, a, a little some way. 
<laughs> Amen. One, one day, one guy was talking about uh, his uh, English, and they were, he was being interviewed. And um, as he was talking, he was referring to a time in the past when he felt he couldn't speak English very well. So he said, oh, at that time, my, well, he said, my English weren't good at the time. <laughs> he, he, so, so now he thinks the English is good. He's, my English weren't good at the time. Amen. <laughs> I said, well, so, 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 so right now he thinks his English is good. He said, my English weren't good at the time in the past. So there is always a chance <laughs> to improve. <laughs> Amen. But when you become born again, you are not an improved version of your old self. The person we are looking at is a brand new creation of God. Why is this important? Because you see, what we are having is an identity crisis. We are having an issue of we not knowing who we are in Christ and what Christ has done in us. And the devil is using our ignorance to cheat us. You see, when you don't know something, somebody can cheat you. Somebody can use different ways to cheat you. But once you know who you are and you know your rights, you rise up with a certain strength. Hallelujah. You see, let me tell you one thing. In Matthew 28, after the resurrection and Christ was about to leave, he called the disciples and he said, he made a statement. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Amen. So we talk a lot about the Great Commission, how we should go and make disciples. But the first part, when he said, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me, Christ. If all, all means what? All means 75%. All means 92%. All means 99.9%. All means what? 100% of authority. Authority is the right to exercise power. There's the difference between power and authority. Or dunamos and exousia. Amen. In the Greek. You see, dunamos is power. Raw power. Like the power of the gun. Don't play with the power of the gun. You know, somebody... Is holding something. You may think it's a toy, but it may be real. Do you get it? But then there are people who are licensed to hold the gun. There are people who may be a police officer, for instance, has the gun, which is the dynamo, the power. Is that not so? But then the police officer also has the authority of the state. Is that not so? To use the gun. So, the, so, so what is happening is that Christ Jesus, he said, all authority has been given unto me. It means that how much authority does the devil have? He has zero authority. Amen. Amen. So don't be afraid of the devil. When he comes after you, you see, if the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. His future is that he's going to be jailed forever. He can't come out. Amen. Amen. What is happening is that he doesn't have authority, but he has power. Amen. So, so if we can find who we are in Christ, and you and I, we are linked to Christ. So that's why bishops, when they are being consecrated, they, they tie something around here. It's like, it's like a symbol of your hip is joined to the hip of Christ. When you are a Christian, when you are a Christian, you cannot talk about Christ without talking about the Christians. It is one and the same group of people. He is the head and we are his body. Have you ever seen a human being walking around, uh, only the head walking around floating in the air? Are you not going to call the FBI? That would be a freaky situation. Amen. Christ cannot do anything or cannot go anywhere without his body. He is the head and we are the body. So when you think of the authority of Christ, 
the authority of Christ starts with the head and passes through the body. Now, we are not by any means saying the devil has no power. But his power is illegitimate power. His power that is what? He doesn't have the right to use those powers. It's more like uh, in cities where we have guns. Where they have guns. Gangs, G-A-N-G-S, gangs, right? That's how you would say it. I'm from another place, so I say gang. But you say gangs. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> so gangs. Okay. So this place where they have gangs, they have, they have uh, guns. Guns, G-U-N-S. I have to always spell it, madam. <laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't understand me. Because I was not born here. I'm, I'm only trying, doing my best. I'm doing my best. Am I doing okay? Yeah. Put your hands together for the Lord, Jesus. Amen. So you have in these places where you have these gangs with guns. They don't have the legitimate right to be going around shooting and killing people and stealing their things. So they may have power, but they don't have authority. Amen. What is happening really on earth, my friends, is that our authority is in Christ. And our duty is to learn more about Christ, to grow into Christ. So that, see, once, once you have, you know who you are, you can exercise the authority that Christ has. Amen. And the devil knows it. The devil knows it. Spiritually, you and I are wearing a badge. We are wearing a spiritual badge like a police officer. When the devil sees you, he can identify that this person knows who they are. Hallelujah. And this is what we are talking about, the new creation. The new creation has given you authority. Authority in the name of Jesus. You can no longer be trampled under. You can no longer be silenced. You can no longer be fooled. You can no longer be tricked. You can no longer be intimidated. The devil's main thing is that he used death and fear to cripple mankind. But Christ broke through death. He broke through the grave. He broke through everything. And he stood upright and said, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given unto me. Therefore, go. Go in my strength. Go in my power. And so long as we keep playing around the bush, so long as we keep not hitting it on the head, the nail on the head, so long as we can easily get distracted on other things that are not the main thing, the devil has a field day and he's just abusing. What he's doing is a big time abuse. He's abusing the people of God, stealing our rights, stealing our blessings, stealing our things, stealing all the things that God purposed for mankind. The devil is doing because the people of God have not risen and taken on our authority in Christ. And my duty is to preach to you to know who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you in the new creation. And when you know who you are, the devil becomes afraid of you. The devil will use every means possible to distract you from your purpose. Do you get it? But say no more. I will know my purpose. I will know who I am in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's look at these scriptures. The new creation. The new creation is a brand new thing that never existed before. When you are born again, God has put in you a brand new heart and you are a new creature. Hallelujah. I'm preaching from Bishop's book, Greater Love. You have a heart that never existed before. You have a soul that never existed before. You are a new man and new things are about to happen in your life. Say new things are about to happen in my life. New things are about to happen in my life. Think about the fact that somebody has left you an inheritance but you didn't know about it. And that inheritance is in Utah. The city of Utah. Amen. And you've grown in Nebraska all your life. And then you've been living in abject poverty. Living in, in, in uh, 
like a pauper, not knowing that you are actually rich. You are sitting on a lot of cash, but you didn't know it. This is the faith of many believers. And by the way, I'm not just talking about physical cash. I'm talking about all areas of life. The honor and the glory and the beauty that you deserve. Hallelujah. The promotion and an advancement and the good health that you deserve. Because all the things that you and I are looking for are in the redemption. They are part of the redemption. You see, what we are suffering are the consequences of the sin of Adam. Is that not so? Let's go to um, Romans 5. What has happened to mankind? Uh, right after Adam and Eve sinned, then a murder happened. Do you get it? Adam and Eve sinned opened the door for the devil to have his way in the, in the, in the family of man. So then it Cain killed his brother. Is that not so? So murders that we see around, it comes from sin. Death came from sin. Disease came from sin. Dishonor comes from sin. Confusion comes from sin. In fact, when the sin entered the garden, that's when the first marital quarrel started. And bl- the blame game started. When God came into the garden, he said, Adam, where are you? He said, I, I was hiding because of the... Uh, he said, why? Have you eaten the food? He said, yeah. Then Adam said, the woman you gave me. So you see, the blame game has started. That the man is now blaming that the cause of my problems in life is this woman you gave me. It's all because of sin. That's Satan's purpose. Satan's main agenda is to divide us, to conquer, to patch one against the other. Amen. Are you listening to me? So please, if we are in this mess and we want to roll back, you see, working our way back is going to be a long way. From now to Adam, I don't know whether it's 6,000 years or however long it is. But God has given us a very straight, quick and short way that when you become, come into Christ, God has put away the history of Adam. You have started a new life. Hallelujah. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we are talking about the new creation. Every person that is born again, you have a new destiny. You must believe it. Because what happens is that Satan comes into your mind. He speaks to you. Yes, he spoke to Eve. He speaks to you and begins to dribble. dribble. Satan is number one dribbler. He will dribble in your mind and give you ideas that are contrary to the word of God. You and I must take the word of God as it is and believe it. We have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you are struggling to sleep, you don't have peace. Tell yourself that I have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Do I, that, 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 does, the, does the worry go away right away? No, it doesn't go away. But I choose to believe the word of God than how I am feeling. I choose, I choose to say what the word of God is saying about me than what my mind is telling me about me. Hallelujah. Victory comes from insisting. Ins- have, you, have you ever gone to buy something from someone? They say it's a, uh, well, in this country, I don't know whether you can ask for prices to be reduced. Can you? But where I come from, they, they sometimes, that thing is $15, but they will start at $35. And if you are a smart buyer, you know that you have to negotiate. Do you get it? And so it's a 35, then you say, I'll give you 10. Then they say, you didn't come here to buy anything today. Get out of my face. So no, no, I'm serious. And then they say, okay, I'll give you uh, $30. Then you say, I'll pay $11. Then they will, say, they will call somebody, please, bring the others. This person is wasting my time. So you keep going back and forth. But a person who is adamant about how much they are going to charge, do you get it? They know that the thing is $15. Sometimes you may go all the way to 14 Because sometimes you can go around and look at prices elsewhere. You get it. So if the person is very adamant, who doesn't want to change his mind? 
you can come to 14, they will say no. 1475, they will say no. Because somehow, if you demonstrate that you want the thing so bad, they know that if you go, you come back. Do you get it? So you beat and beat and beat, they will never move. Amen. I want you to have a mind that you know what you have. Because the person who is selling the thing, if they know the value of the thing, you can negotiate and negotiate. They say, this is the price I will never cross. Now, you and I need to know who we are and know who are, what our rights are. So that no matter how the devil tries to, try to take our mind off of our target, you stand still with the word of God. Amen. Okay, let's keep going. He said, through whom also we have access by faith. We have access by Christ by faith into this grace in which we stand. And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. You see, pause there for a moment. The new creation does not mean we will not have tribulations. As a matter of fact, the way God has designed it is that Satan is still loose, using his illegitimate power. But God is looking to us to use the weapons he has given us to confront Satan. Hallelujah. It's like God is saying, me, I'm so powerful that I'm so powerful, I, I will not even waste my time on Satan. I will let my children deal with him. Are you a child of God? God is calling us to rise up, to take on the authority of Christ, and not to be afraid of the devil and his agenda. Hallelujah. And so tribulations may come, but it should not move us. The tribulations and affliction, the Bible says even the righteous, what? Go to affliction seven times. Amen. But it is not supposed to, it's not supposed to weaken you or make you lose faith in God. Rather, when you see these afflictions, understand that it is Satan's mind and plan to take you off of your purpose and destiny. When afflictions come, Satan's purpose is that he wants you to take your mind off of Christ onto yourself and your problems. The Bible says, as we behold him, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory. You see, our duty is to focus on Christ, not on our problems. If we can focus on Christ and continue to believe the word of God, there will come a time a heat will be generated and the devil will run away. The battle you have to be willing to stay in the battle and to stay until you conquer. Hallelujah. So we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Okay, keep on. And perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Keep going. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Okay. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone will even dare to die. But God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we, have, we, have be, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Hallelujah. For if when we were enemies, that is when we were still sinners, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So he's drawing a, the before and after comparison. Have you seen those commercials where somebody has worked out? They, they show the before picture, 500 pounds. And then the after has come down to 250. Is that an improvement? Yes. It may sound big to you, but it's a 50% decrease. Amen. What is happening is that he said, when we were God's enemies, that is, when we were sinners, God reconciled us to himself by the death of his son. So before we became born again, we were his enemies. But when we were his enemies, 
he reconciled us. Now much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So in other words, the death of Christ, the death of Christ did what? Reconciled us. Now his life will save us. Amen. What is it at all in our life? That is too hard. That is bigger than death. That is bigger than somebody who has been dead for three days and is able to rise up. Hallelujah. What is bigger than that? The, the resurrection of Christ, the fact that Christ is alive, if his death reconciled us, the Bible is saying his life will save us. Save us from what? He has been, we have been saved from our sins, but other things we need to be saved from. But the life of Christ, the fact that Christ is alive, when you look to the left, have you heard that somebody say, I looked to the left and I looked to the right and there was no helper? Have you heard that expression before? Well, today you have a helper in Christ. So you shouldn't say, I looked to the left and I looked to the right and there was no helper. Your helper is Christ Jesus. You shall be saved by his life. Amen. Let's keep going. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God. Go to 12. Therefore, just as through one man, look at this, as through one man, sin entered the world. Who is the man through whom sin entered the world? I told you that Eve can be excused. So we are talking about Adam. Through one man, sin entered the world. And death came through sin. And thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Okay, let's jump to verse 17. For if by the one man's offense, because everything before that is the parenthesis, if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, so death reigned through the human race, through the one man, Adam. Do you get it? Now, why am I taking time to go through this? Christians gloss over this a lot. But there's a lot of meat in it that is, that is very essential for your victory in life. We were saying that victory belongs to Jesus. But please understand, if you're a boxer, do you understand? And you go and win the, the, the championship. And they give you money and they give you the prize. And you come home, who is going to enjoy it? You alone. You and your family. Your wife and your children may not have been in the boxing ring. They may not have received the blows. But because they are connected to you, they get to enjoy it. Are you listening to me? So victory belongs to Christ. But that victory belongs to Christ, belongs also to us. Amen. And we are now showing you how to appropriate that victory. How to take it and make it our own. So it says that one man's offense, death ring through one, one. But much more those who receive what? There are two things that the new creation gives to you. That gives you this victory. And this is very important. There are two things in this scripture. That the new creation gives to you. Every believer, everyone born again. It says that, first, it talked about the problem. The problem, what is the problem with the human race? First part of the verse. It says that one man's offense brought what? Death through the one man. Then it says much more, okay? Those who receive abundance of what? Grace. And of the gift of what? Righteousness. What are they going to do? They will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. That's your destiny, my friends. Your destiny is to reign in life. Your destiny is not to be trampled under. Look, even a chicken walking around in Koligono has an owner. Bishop said one day he saw an old lady. Probably, uh, I don't know, nowadays you be very careful who you call old. I don't even, I won't even mention the age. But Bishop said it was an old lady. And the lady didn't have any top on. And was running around. Koligono, by the way, is a suburb of Accra. Was running around and cursing and saying all kinds of things. And in this bizarre situation, people were wondering, what is she looking for? Who has offended her? 
And somebody said that somebody has stolen her chicken. And she forgot that she didn't have brow or anything on. And she was out in the, in the, in the open and was going like this and cursing and insulting. If, you, if whoever has taken my chicken, you better bring the chicken now. Look, if you have taken such a chicken, you will be cursed. If you don't, for her to do that, do you get it? Even a common chicken in Koligono has an owner who is willing to go to all lands to threaten people with her naked self. How about you, a precious child of God? Are you listening to me? It says that there are two ingredients that God has given us through the new creation. It says abundance of grace. Abundance of grace means God's help. Grace means divine enablement. That when you become, when you become born again, God has given you abundance of grace. Abundance of grace means abundance of grace. There is no situation that there is not enough grace for. The Bible says his mercies are renewed when? Every morning. A Christian ought not to have lack of grace. You have grace for everything that you have been called to do. And so you and I have been called in the new creation to do what? Reign in life through the abundance of grace. Hallelujah. And then there's a second one. The gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. Through abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you and I have been called to reign in Christ. Reign where? On earth. To reign means what? To have power over things. To reign what? means to have victory. To reign means what? It means that you are not being kicked around. Hallelujah. Is somebody getting blessed? The gift of righteousness. Now, in Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1, let's look at Proverbs 28 verse 1. We shall not be silent no more. And in prayer, we are going to be bold in prayer. The Bible says we can go to the throne of God boldly. Hallelujah. Not because of our own righteousness. It's called the gift of righteousness. God has given us the gift of righteousness. It's not that we work for it. It's a gift to us. And someone has given you a gift, it's a gift. If somebody gives you a brand new car and you are driving it, every time you are driving, are you going to feel, are, are you going to feel like you, you are not going to enjoy it because... Because it's, it's, once the car has been given to you, it belongs to you, registered in your name. So actually, where the car came from now is irrelevant. It's your car. You can ride it. You can enjoy it. And God's gift of righteousness is the same righteousness that was in Christ. And God has taken it and photocopied it and put it in your account. So the same righteousness by the eye that Christ has, you also have it. Nobody can accuse you of anything. If you have confessed your sin, it has been forgiven. The Bible said the wicked flee when no one is pursuing but the righteous are what? Bold as a lion. The righteous are bold. From today, go through life with boldness. Because you are righteous. Amen. The new creation has given you the gift of righteousness. You ought not to be afraid. Even when you are being pushed around, deep within you, tell yourself. Like a little kid who was told to sit down. And he stood up. And he said, sit down, he stood up. The third time, he said, I'm going to spank you if you don't sit down. When the child sat down, he said, I'm sitting down, but I'm standing up inside. <laughs> Hallelujah to Jesus. Circumstances may push you around, but you know who you are. Yeah. And you have, if you are righteous, if you are righteous, you are going to be bold as a lion. You are not going to be afraid. And nobody is going to belittle you, make you have a slow self-image of yourself. Because you are right. The righteous are bold as a lion. And God has called us even to reign in life through these two elements. Abundance of grace 
and the gift of righteousness. Turn up to your feet. Commit yourself to the Lord. Ask God to help you to walk this new creation life. If you are here, you are not born again. You don't even know what being born again means. Your sins have not been forgiven. And you cannot really tell where you will go if you were to die today. God wants to give you this new creation life. It's God's free gift to you. All you need to do is to accept it. All you need to do is to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. And that Christ died for you so that you can enter into this blessing that all of us are enjoying. It is not by our own words of righteousness. It is God's gift to you. If you do not have this assurance of your salvation, you have never been born again. Or maybe you have, but you have backslidden. You have not stayed on course. God is not here to condemn you. God is here to receive you. God is here to, to forgive you your sins through the blood of Jesus so that you can have the new created, recreated spirit of Christ in you. If you are that person, lift up your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, King of Glory. Every believer with every head bowed and every eye closed. We are talking about to be born again, the new creation man. To receive a new heart. To have your sins forgiven. I see your hand. Everybody keep praying. Close your eyes. If you are a believer already also, you need to reconcile to God now. Because you've been to certain places. You've done certain things. That makes you actually doubt whether Christ will take you if he comes today. Don't count yourself out. God will accept you so long as you you repent of your sins. I'm making one last call. Like you are going to take an airplane and they make a last call. That the, the, the plane is about to, to move. And once they close the gate, that's it. Thank you, Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Allow him to come into your heart. Allow him to forgive you your sins. Thank you, Jesus. Now pray with me. Thank you, my Lord. For the work of Christ. For the completed work of the cross. I believe Christ died for me. And he was buried. And on the third day, he rose again for my justification. Now, Lord, give me your grace to walk in the gift of righteousness and to be a witness of the resurrected Christ in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. We thank God. We are going to take our offering.